We got some lows. We got some deaths. We got some body blows. <laughs> this episode, or this season, I should say, was it, it was a wowser one. Oh yeah. They they came out they came out hard. You know, it, it, if you will, this this season, and you'll see from my my scoring of it, was a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Really it was. Off in the beginning, entrance music, fireworks, hot ballet. Some beatdowns, some triumphs, some beatdowns again, hulking up, and then eventually a victory. This was, to me, this was a wrestling match. If season one was was really good, season two was great. Yes and no. Okay, all right. Well, we're going to get to that. <laughs> season one, I'm going to put it this way. Season one was, it's a small world. <laughs> okay. It was a steady ride. There wasn't a lot of bumps. It was just a nice, fun, in the dark, getting out of the Orlando Heat ride. Season two? Season two was a roller coaster that the track did not get finished. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, wow. It was, it was one. It, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Okay. Let's just jump right Let's in. Let's jump right in. So now I. The first, there's the first episode was there was a part one and part two. I kind of just it was a twofer, it was a twofer but I just kind of I rated it as one. One, yes. Okay, and that is about Chris Benoit. Yes. But uh, pretty sure everyone knows about Chris Benoit, uh, ECW wrestler, WCW wrestler. Jap- uh, he wrestled in Japan, mm-hmm. um, came to WWE, great career, and then it all ends um, in 2007. With him, um, a murder suicide. Yeah, murder suicide. He uh, he killed his wife Nancy, who was also known as Woman, and uh, killed their son, uh, Dave. David was it David? Uh, I believe his name was David. Uh, I apologize. If- Daniel. Daniel. Okay, I knew it was start of the D. Um, this one had uh, you had a lot of interviews with Chris Jericho. Um. A lot of those guys. Very. Jericho is narrating the entire season. Yeah, he narrated the entire, and he jumps in here every now and then. Um, I again, this is another one where like this happened, like I said, in 2007, so it was in the internet age. Um, so a lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of this stuff has been known already. Mm -hmm. Um, the days leading up to it, like how he was. Um, it really made me feel. For his other son, through his first marriage, yeah, um, who really like the sins of the father kind of, kind of, kind of thing, where he just he's pretty much shunned because he's Chris Benoit's son. Meanwhile, he had nothing to do with it. Yes, uh, this left a huge, huge stain on the wrestling business. Oh, without a doubt, they WWE just pretty much changed their entire formula after this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, where they were kind of a little edgy. They, were, they weren't as much edgy as the Attitude Era, but they were still kind of edgy. And after this happened, they went strictly like PG. It's called They called it the PG Era after that because it just... They really toned down everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like that they interviewed uh, Nancy's sister. They yeah. kind of got her take on it. Uh, you, they it really kind of... Shown a light on Chris Benoit's personal life and how he was. He was a very intense guy. 
Um, pretty much what you saw in the ring is kind of how he was in real life, like that just intensity. Yeah. Um, the big thing about this, though, is that they really kind of focused on the CT- or CTE mm-hmm. about with the um, concussions. If anyone ever seen Chris Benoit wrestle, his main finisher for a lot of the years was a diving headbutt off the top rope. And the, I mean, you, I mean, he hits these people with his head. Like there's no yes. faking. Like you see his head hit the guy and just bounce off. Um, and one of the guys they interviewed was uh, Chris Nowinski, who uh, in the early 2000s there was a show called Tough Enough, where it was almost like the American Idol of wrestling, where they had these guys, these, all these people living in the house, and every week someone got eliminated, and he made it to like the last round. Like he was like up to win, but you know he didn't win, but he eventually became a wrestler for WWF. Wasn't there very long um, because he kept getting concussions. Uh, but he went to Harvard. He was a doctor. After his career there, he be- he really studied concussions, and he is the per- like the kind of the guy behind the whole CTE thing and studying it. Um, so they did a lot of interviews with him, and they really kind of you know when this first happened, everyone was like, "Oh, it was roid rage, all this other stuff," but. Concussions has come to light so much that now it's like, well, he was probably like delusional. Um, and if you, you like, there's been a bunch of football players who killed themselves because they had, I think there was a Steeler. Oh, there's been like six Steelers. There was a, there, yeah, there was a few guys who suffered from this and they just went oh, crazy. Mike Webster, one of the most famous. Yes, yeah, that's right. Ended up like living in a, a four time Super Bowl champ, one of the greatest centers of all time. And he was living in a truck in, like, I think it was uh, Minnesota or, like, one of those, you know, like, ass-cold fucking places when he had a house. And he yeah. just, like, lived in his car and just was nuts. Another one of the Steelers, I can't think of his name, um, ended up getting in a police pursuit and driving the wrong way down the road, got in a head-on, and literally his car just exploded in yeah. a fireball. Um, like, yeah, they, they really, you know... Th- the CTE is a real thing. Oh, absolutely. And they really, you know, they talk about it. And, you know, wrestling's still going on. Mm-hmm. And what precautions are they doing with this? They have, it's gotten to, uh, Daniel Bryan is an example. He was getting concussions a lot to the point where he had to retire for a couple of years. He's back now, but his whole in-ring moveset has changed where you can see he's a little safer now but what WWE does is if someone gets a concussion they're out for a while um yeah. at least a month um so that's kind of but people are saying that's not enough because you can get multiple concussions but I think it got to the point now if you get a lot like they won't um you won't pass your physical like they won't let well, you even, wrestle even look at chair shots oh yeah I mean you go back to the days of Rob Van Dam, Tommy Dreamer, Mick Foley. They were just—they weren't putting a hand up. They were just taking a chair shot. Oh, I mean, Mick. Fo- I mean, I'm shocked the shit that Mick Foley does not have CTE. I mean, yeah. the amount of fucking. I mean, there was that one Royal Rumble with The Rock, where he was just oh, getting yeah. headshot after headshot. Like I thought they—I thought like he killed him. 13. It was a ton, but he's—he's yeah. he's fine. He's still normal. I—I <laughs> I, don't—I don't get it, but. Yeah, so Chris Benoit pretty much had this, um, and then the weekend he did this, uh, he no. Yeah, he was not an extreme wrestler either. No, he, he was like he was like a dynamite kid. 
wrestler. Very technical with wrestler. A little bit of air, you know, uh, you know, air put in yeah. his, his moves. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he, this pretty much the episode was about you know him and all that stuff. Um, I gave it three stars. Just because of the fact that I knew a lot of it already, uh, not taking away about the episode, I really felt for his son. Like your heart breaks for this kid who just like lost his whole family in an entire weekend, and like in a violent way, very violent way. And he's pretty much not shunned. I think they kind of like he's been backstage at a lot of things, but he really kind of came out and said like, you know what? No one reached out to me, with the exception of a few people. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty much blackballed. Um, which has been debated online because there's been photos over the years of him backstage at events and stuff. So I mean, I mean, I don't know. He's he's a he's like a twenty-something-year-old kid. He's I'm not gonna knock him. He's been through something that no one should go through. So, and you know, what? like, listen, I'm not trying to say it this way, but like, if you're gonna have a murder suicide, why are you throwing a seven-year-old in there? What do you like, mean? Like why he really why he did? Oh, thing. it bothers me too. I, I can't, but again, like he he had CTE. Like who the fuck knows what was going through his mind? Oh yeah. And who you know, knows? They said that he would wasn't he doing a little bit of uh, you know like recreational drugs and he would drink and shit. I don't know about the drugs. I think he definitely drank a lot. Um, but you know we all drink. I drink a lot. You drink a lot. <laughs> yeah. But you combine that with what he's like suffering from. Um, I think he definitely got not recreational drugs, but I think he got a lot of pain pills. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there was that one doctor from where. Well, that's what I mean. Like when when you're prescribed a painkiller, you know, to take one a day, but yeah. you're taking seven. Mm-hmm. It, it went from prescribed to recreational at that point because you're just you're using them to use them. Yeah. You know, you're not using them because I need to manage. Mm-hmm. You're using them because you want to get high. Yeah. So that's where I, I guess maybe I used the wrong term or didn't explain myself. That's where I say recreation. Mm-hmm. How many stars did you give this episode? This was one of the harder ones for me to decide. I gave it a three and a half. Okay. The one thing I would have liked to have seen a little bit more was you the dyna- you, you saw the dynamic of him and Nancy. But you didn't see, they didn't really dive too deep into the whole Kevin Sullivan type thing. Right, yeah. She was married to Kevin Sullivan. They ended up having this affair. You know, he was on the outs. Kevin Sullivan was a main booker then. Mm -hmm. And they still, like, I think that there was a lot of, in my eyes, there's a lot of backstage backstage stuff that never came to light. And I think it's going to die with all the wrestlers literally dying. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot more to that story and the dynamic of, you know, Nancy, WCW is an organization, and Chris, and there's a lot, and, you know, he was in major stables there. He was, uh, at the time when WCW was starting to rear its head as a as a major competitor, he was flying up the, the thing. Yeah. You know, four horsemen, probably at, you have to say one of the main stables of wrestling mm-hmm. especially in WCW it was the main stable yeah 
and there, I think there's a lot of backstage stuff that they did not bring up in this episode. Yeah, I and think a so lot too. Of dirt that could have really, and, and you know, I'm not trying to sound this way. There's been rumors that Kevin Sullivan was an asshole, and maybe they were trying to save face on him and maybe not make Chris look like a bad guy or a good guy because he did such a horrible thing. I think they really could have. I think there's almost like a deeper deeper cut than what actually got brought out onto on the film okay I just I, I would have liked to seen a little bit more of that because there again one of the head bookers married to the you know the chick that now he's hooked up with and there had to be more than that yeah so okay I would have liked to seen a little more I agree um Moving on. Well, the roller coaster now is, is has gotten to the top of the, uh, I guess, the first drop, and here we go. Okay. The Life and Crimes of New Jack. Uh, New Jack was a wrestler uh, primarily known for ECW. He started off in Smoky Mountain Wrestling with the Gangsters, mm-hmm. um, went to ECW, and became this hardcore icon. Um, pretty much has been known as a hardcore wrestler. Um a th- pretty much. You and I have yes. seen him wrestle <laughs> many yeah, times. Many times. Um, this guy, if I, ever came, if I ever came across this guy, I'd be fucking scared. <laughs> Not a wrestler. A psychopath. I mean, truly a fucking psychopath. The main focus of this was um, what's been come to known as the mass transit incident, where um, they're wrestling a show in early 97, late 96... Um, Axel Rotten was supposed to who was another ECW wrestler he missed his flight or something so it was supposed to be the gangsters against Devon Dudley and Axel Rotten Axel Rotten didn't show up so this big huge guy called Mass Transit was backstage his gimmick was supposed to be like a Ralph Cramden like he was supposed to be like a bus driver yes goes to Paul Heyman hey let me wrestle Paul goes how old are you he's like oh I'm 22 he was 16. Yes. <laughs> Goes backstage and starts demanding from New Jack, hey, I want to do this, I want to do this. New Jack gets pissed off. Um, so they're in the ring. They throw Devon Dudley out of the ring to get him away. And they fucking go to town on this guy. They cut his head open so severely. Now, I don't know if they showed I forget if they showed it on the... Uh, I don't think they showed it on the show, but it's, you can definitely find it out. Oh, I, and I've, I've seen it before. Blood oh, is bad. Blood is pumping from this guy's forehead like a fountain. Like, you well, see it. it. He's probably got, like, eight gallons. <laughs> he's a big dude. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, it's like a like a water fountain. Like, it's, like, spurting out like that. It, it's Gushing. Yeah, if you have a weak stomach, don't watch it. But it's, it's definitely out there if you know where to look. Um, like medical had to come to the ring, and you hear this guy's dad like yelling, like he's sixteen, he's sixteen. Uh, ring the bell, blah blah blah. Uh, goes to court, all this other stuff. I think he he got he got acquitted. It didn't really go that much further. Um, moving on from that, <laughs> gets pissed off at another guy at another event. This is after ECW was done. It was like another yeah independent show throws a guy off a scaffold match <laughs> guy mm-hmm. missed every fucking table on the way down <laughs> almost kills him yes uh new jack is a fucking maniac then 
there was the old guy. What old guy? I guess there was this wrestler who was like in his 60s. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I know who you're talking and about. I can't remember his name, but like he was, you know, he was in his, he was an old he was an old dude and New Jack just like beat the balls off. Oh yeah. Cuz he I think he mouthed off the New Jack or some shit like that. Yeah. Mike, if I had to wrestle this guy, go listen, do whatever you want. <laughs> just don't fucking like just don't hurt me badly, please. Yeah, do not cut me. <laughs> but you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> but and and like New Jack, not only did he inflict pain on other people, but if you look at him, like his whole forehead is cut up. He was a blader. Yeah. He bleed, bleed all the time. Just like bring any weapon he could, you know. Most wrestlers would bring like a uh, like a metal garbage can that could easily break, or have a table with a little bit of a you know a cut in it. This guy was bringing out like microwaves, like you know eighty pound microwaves, and just fucking hitting people. Well, we saw him at the uh, Civ- uh, Mid Hudson Civic Center tons of times, and I kid you not, when this guy's music hit, he came out to uh, Natural Born Killers. The place went ape shit. Because they knew they were gonna see like you're right like he microwaves fucking computer like big computers he would bring. I remember, out. I remember the keyboard. Yeah, the keyboard. He would like tap on the keyboard. He would hit someone with a keyboard, and you would just see like the L button go to the fucking third <laughs> row. The space bar fucking hit the roof. Shit flew everywhere. I mean, holy shit! This guy was. I mean, they knew that they were gonna see people get the shit kicked out of them. Uh, and he like he, like you said he had scars. He took it as much as he gave it. Yes. Um, so, I really liked this episode. I really liked that they had the Sandman on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because as soon as I saw Sandman, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good one. Um, I gave this four stars. Okay. I thought you would go much higher myself. I, uh, I definitely bounced between four and a half and four stars. But I kind of compared it to other episodes. So, I gave it four and a half. I gave it four, sorry. Okay. I gave it four. There's even more to his story that they didn't even touch on. Yeah. Again, like, uh, the hour time limit, uh, well, really, it's like 45 minutes. It definitely limits them. A lot of these people, they can really dive deep in. and This this could have been an hour and a half minimum. Yeah. They, ne- they really didn't jump too much in the Smoky Mountain and how he was, I don't want to say great on the mic, but... For the character he played, he was great on the mic. Oh yeah, he was he. He talked the talk of his character. They didn't bring too much of that in, and then he also dated Marlena for a time. Yeah, Goldust's ex-wife. Yeah, they didn't dive into that at all. At all. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know, we're giving you an exclusive. Yeah. He ended up dating this girl, and I guess was taking photos of her. There might have been videos out there, and he was he was just they broke up, and she, she ended up having to like put like a fucking like a, uh, a court order against him because he was just like sending shit out to people whoever he wanted. Mm-hmm. He was again just a complete psychopath. No regard <laughs> for anybody but New Jack. Mm. I think if they would have went a little bit more, he would have gotten a half of a point more if they went in the more Smoky Mountain. And things like that, and then another half a point if they brought up the the, the recent stuff of them. 
Yeah. So it was a four. It was a four star for me. Yeah, and he really excelled in Smoky Mountain because Smoky Mountain was in, uh, I believe, Georgia. It was down. It was down south, like the deep south, and yeah. Not to criticize anyone down south, but um, they're not too fond of uh, African American people down there. So he was coming out and just calling people honkies. And oh yeah, he, <laughs> as, as much as they hated him on, you know, his race, he was coming right back at them. Mm-hmm. You know, so he definitely had the pop. Oh yeah. That you know put him over, and then going to you know a violent guy, but he was in an established organization where they didn't. That wasn't the norm. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into this, you know. Signs with this Eastern Championship Wrestling, they rebrand themselves, and boom, he he was one of probably I would say number two out of the top three most extreme ones that were there. Definitely, oh, without a doubt. Um, next episode is the Brawl for All, which was a boxing tournament in WWF in the late nineties. Um, it was pretty much. Designed Vince Russo had an issue with um, uh, J- J- JBL Justin Bradshaw, whatever his name is. Um, he was go- going around in the back saying how much of a tough guy he was and this and that. And so they designed this tournament to say like, all right, well, I'm going to shut this guy up. I'm going to make a whole tournament see if he's really the toughest guy because it's it's not fake. It's just real boxing. Yeah. Um, and pretty much a, a, a dark horse comes in, uh, Bart Gunn. Who's mm-hmm. part of the Smoking Guns tag team, and he wins the tournament. Yes, uh, even over an established boxer. Yeah, over. Uh, I mean, they thought that Doctor that Steve Williams was going to win this because he's a legit tough guy. He well, beats. That, and they had Mark Merrow. In Mark Merrow, who was a Golden Gloves boxer. Golden They really kind of. Um, yeah, they they this guy beat them all. Um. So the speculation was that they were kind of pissed that he won, so they put him up against Butterbean. Who was a? Uh, he was a. Bo- he wasn't like a, a professional. Bo- he was a professional boxer, but he wasn't like a Mike Tyson or anything. Like he, it was like a sideshow boxing. boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Butterbean knocks his ass out <laughs> in like ten seconds at WrestleMania. Um, like knocked him down twice. Oh yeah, like lights out, knocked out. Yeah. Um. They uh, this this it's really kind of gotten a lot of slack over the years because it really injured some people. It ended people's careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guys were never really seen. It. Like I think Doctor Death Steve Williams. It pretty much he was always known well, he, as this tough guy. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, he, he ended up dying eventually. Yeah, he uh, really kind of just yeah he won it and uh, not really much to say about. I gave this episode three stars. Really? Yeah. I, I, well, th- you know, I'm gonna fix it. three and a half. I'll go three and a half. Really? Yeah, um, I did like it. I liked that they got Bart Gunn. Uh, I liked that they got Draws because uh, he was part of it. Who's now paralyzed? Yeah. Um, good episode. Uh, yeah. I, anything with Cornet in it, like I, I, I'll immediately like. I'll like it because <laughs> I think he has so well, much I to love say. The fact that they, you had the storyline of Brawl for All. And then you had Vince Russo versus Jim Cornette and just the hatred that they mm-hmm. had for each other. Yeah. Just played right out in this. Yeah. Jim Cornette just it, uh, hates him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, when he dies, piss on his grave. Yeah. And Cornette will do it. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, give this episode a half of a star. Wow. Okay. Hated it. <laughs> really? All right. You you weren't kidding. <laughs> Bored. I did one. I didn't like the premise of it to begin with. I always liked boxing as a kid. My me and my father would watch boxing all the time. I'm used to boxers boxing. Mm-hmm. This was more of, I don't want to get hit, so I'm just going to swing wildly. <laughs> okay. Was, I didn't like it when it played. I thought it was boring. I thought it was unclean. And then the only thing that really got there was Jim Cornette and Bart Gunn. Other than that, I hated the episode. Hated it. Okay. Hated it. So let's move on. Uh, the next one is the uh, Jimmy Snooker. I don't have anything else to say about that. Jimmy Snooker and the death of Nancy Argentino. Uh, I'll come her off the bat. I hated this episode. <laughs> I gave it one star. I was really bored with it. it. Basically, what happened is Jimmy Snooker, early 80s, dating this girl, Nancy Argentino. Um, and allegedly uh, kills her. I think he choked. He yeah. choked. He choked her out. They, uh, Jimmy Snuka apparently had a lot of anger issues. Was doing a lot of like drugs. Yes. Um, killed her in the hotel room. It was covered up, allegedly, by Vince McMahon. Um, and for years, over like 20, uh, thirty years almost. Uh, yeah, over over thirty years. Finally, comes to light maybe like a couple years ago. They re-look into it. They start trying... They, they're about to try Jimmy Snuka. At the time, is suffering from cancer. And is, like, just... Out of it. Um, his lawyers say, This guy is not even fit to stand trial. Like, he's dying. So they... Um, I don't know the proper word for it. They just kind of, like, throw the case out. Kinda. And then... Within a mental and physical competence. Yeah, within a week, Jimmy Snooker dies. Yes. Um, it's another episode where I feel like he's not here to defend himself. Um, did he kill her? Probably. Um, but who's to say he did and didn't when no one really... I mean, no one knows. So that's, that, was, that was my take on it. Another half star. Yeah. It, it just it was boring. I it the little bit that I did like Jimmy Snuka, which I really didn't at all, even when he was a wrestler, this just even brought it down more. Yeah. I I, I never liked him as a wrestler. This made him to be just a perp scumbag and I, I, I again, just a boring episode. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I wasn't. I, I was watching this episode, but I wasn't like I was kind of like doing other stuff too because I was just yeah. so I was very bored with it. Yeah, it was just not a good episode, yeah. and I was starting to get worried at this point. Yeah, I really was because I'm like, first season, very good. Mm-hmm. This season comes in hot. Good episodes, and now two stinkers. Yeah, I mean, two fucking stinkers in a row. Mm-hmm. And I'm not very happy. All right, but it's gonna be it. See, I knew what the episodes were because I I read about it online, and I knew they were gonna bounce back with this. At least for me. Uh, yes. Next episode is the assassination of Dino Bravo. Dino Bravo was a French Canadian wrestler in the eighties. Um, came to WWF, um, managed by Jimmy Hart. Uh, blonde hair, big guy. 
Um, after he wasn't, he wasn't blonde originally. He, he had dark, but when, yeah, he had dark hair, but then he became blonde. Yes. Uh, so I, I think when I picture Dino Bravo, I always picture him with the blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, gets out of wrestling and goes straight into dealings with the mob. Like becomes part of the mob. I think his uncle was a mob boss. Mm-hmm. Um, make a long. He becomes an enforcer for him. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of dealings with the mob, and eventually, his wife and kid come home one night. Dead on the couch, 16 bullet holes in him. In the head and chest. Yeah, everywhere. I mean, and it's close range. Yeah, and it's very obvious that it's a mob hit. Uh, But the circumstances of the mob hit, very weak. Very weak. Over smuggled cigarettes. Supposedly. Yes. Supposedly. Um. There's a, a thing online on Reddit, I think I shared it with you, where this guy, and this is all, I mean, who knows, it could be bullshit. I think it might be a little bullshit because the guy said he talked to some guy who used to be in the mob, and to me, if you used to be in the mob, you're dead. Because yes. th- when no you're, yeah, when you're in the mob, you're pretty much in the mob for life. So I don't know how someone could be used to be in the mob and still be talking. Mm-hmm. Said, the only ones that used to could be don't have their real name and they're living in the middle of Odom fucking Montana somewhere. Exactly. So this guy says that the whole cigarette thing was a cover. Basically, Dino Bravo was doing dealings with the Hells Angels. There's two mob bosses. One mob boss, you know, Dino belonged to that family. This other guy told the other mob boss that Dino Bravo was part of, like, hey, tell him to quit it, or else, like, something needs to be done. And the Hells Angels in Canada... I don't know if it's the extra alcohol in the beer or the availability of Cuban cigars, but they're fucking nuts up there. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sure they, they are. don't give a fuck. So, Dino Bravo's uncle, who's the mob boss, goes to him says, Hey, you got to cut this shit out. Basically, Dino Bravo doesn't. So, the other guy from the other family says, Listen, take care of this or we're gonna. <clears throat> Two guys... Go to Dino's Bravo's house. One guy he knew very well. They went over to watch hockey because it's Canada. Hey. Uh, they find three glasses of scotch on the table. The two glasses aren't even touched. Mm-hmm. The mob, from this again, this is from what I've read, they left the guns there on purpose. So when the cops come, they know that it was a mob thing and to stay the fuck out of it. And it was two different guns. Two different guns. Um, Calibers, if you will. Yeah. So, basically, they kind of just... They didn't really investigate it further. They knew it was mob. They said, you know what, that's that world. We're not getting involved. Um, The two guys that supposed that killed him... This is, again, this is what I've I've read. I don't know if it's true. They're both dead. One guy died in prison. One guy was killed in a mob execution. Um... I love this episode. When they announced season two, this is one of the ones I really wanted them to do because I've heard about it over the years, but I didn't know too much of it. Um, I gave this five stars. It was this is my first five star. I love this episode. Five stars as well. Yeah. This was, for, for as bad as the last two were, 
this one, again, roller coaster season. Yeah. We got the ups, we got the downs. This was, again, a shooting star of an episode. Yeah. Loved it. Fantastic episode. This was, as you said in uh, last uh, last week's episode, unsolved mystery, you know, episode mixed with, it, it was, you know, unsolved mysteries, The Sopranos, uh, and wrestling all wrapped in the one. Yeah. Like, there were so many, it was an onion. There were so many layers to this episode and everything that went on. And they didn't only just sit there and say, you know, they didn't focus in on just the, the execution, the assassination. They taught, they really detailed his career. You know, it wasn't all about just the shooting. They really did a good job of building up this character. It was a movie. It was a hour-long mini-movie. Talked about, you know, the beginnings and how he got there and, you know, the trials and tribulations of being a wrestler and on the road and a family and then ends with this excellent episode yeah really was it was a mini movie to me yeah so got a high <laughs> we're about to go on another low for yeah. me uh david schultz and the slap heard around the world david schultz was a wrestler obviously signed by wwf in like 83 84 this guy is doing. This news reporter is doing a, a story piece on wrestling, pretty much trying to expose it, how it's fake and it's it's uh, fooling people and all this other crap. And at the time, wrestling was very protected. It's not like how it is now, where pretty much everyone knows everything that's going on. So, this news reporter goes up to uh, David Schultz and says, "What do you feel about people saying wrestling's fake?" And David Schultz. Open hand slaps him so hard it knocks him down, and says, "Is that fake to you?" <laughs> um, David Schultz gets fired. From well, wait, wait, the reporter gets up. David Schultz hits him again. That's right. He hit him twice. Him down. He hit him twice. twice. Uh, to me, this guy seemed like a little fucking weasel. I. He is on. Uh, uh, I, I I do see him on the news. I don't mind him, but again, it it reminded me very much of the way that certain news reporters were back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was, you know, just to, like, uncover and... Oh, Geraldo Rivera. Yeah, the Geraldo Rivera's, mm-hmm. just very much like that, just to, just to expose stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I gave this episode uh, two and a half stars. It did enter... Really? Yeah, it entertained me, but it, again, it was like very like I had to make myself pay attention because I was interested in, in some of the stuff that was going on. Um, but they didn't have a lot of people. Again, it was so early in the '80s that not a lot of the people that usually interview were around to see this. Like there was no Jim Cornette or anything like that. Um, but yeah, a, 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 kind of a decent episode, but not to, to the point where I would give it three stars. I'm shocked you gave it that high. Because <laughs> one reason, and this is probably the main reason for me, they kind of bash Hogan in it. Yeah, they, they do. They do bash Hogan. They, you know, Hogan and him were apparently good buddies, and once this happened, Dave Schultz essentially was excommunicated from the wrestling world. Mm-hmm. I gave it one star. 
the only reason why it got one star and not zero, because I really didn't like this episode, is the fact that Dave Schultz stuck to his guns. He kept Fob alive, mm-hmm. and to me, this is kind of, this is Don Henley singing the, you know, the day the music died. Yeah. This is when everything fell apart. Yeah. The idea of wrestling being real died with that. Mm-hmm. And it really... It, I, I, I hand it to Dave Schultz. He stuck to his guns. He, you know, he kept the business there. He wanted it to be real for, you know, the fans, for him, for everyone. And they turned their back on him. Yeah. I yeah. think that at a... How you talk about um, Wendy Richter and Fabulous Moolah and the original screw job. And you talk about Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and the Montreal screw job. This was the biggest real life screw job out there. Yeah. The other ones were storylines. The other ones were business. This was a career ender. And I just I I feel bad for Dave Schultz. Yeah. That, that, that this happened. The one good thing about the episode that well, I, I, actually I should say that it only gave it a half a point because Dave Schultz kept up the key fob thing. Mm-hmm. The other half a point to make it one was that they they ended up going beyond his wrestling and showing him as a bounty hunter. Yeah, that's right. He, there's a bounty. He's a bounty hunter now. <laughs> and I actually enjoyed that part because they they, they could. It was a very weak episode to me, just based off of the storyline. It was literally a 10 second incident that they made a whole show mm-hmm. and by at least throwing in the bounty hunting thing it, it kept it going yeah this where you had shows that could have went an hour and a half two hours this could have been a 20 minute show yeah if they, they didn't put that other part yeah they, right they drug they dragged it out they dragged it out it a little was bit. dragged yeah it was just it was it was boring and i just didn't like it and right before that actually i listened to uh Stone Cold actually talked with Dave Schultz, so I kind of got, I, I guess I had the appetizer of the episode, mm-hmm. and then that, so it was it was kind of good I had that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, we had a low, going back up the roller coaster. Yes. Cocaine and Cowboy Boots, the Herb Abrams story. Uh, this is about Herb Abrams, who was a, I don't know how to describe him. He's almost kind of like a sleazy used car salesman who started, he started his own wrestling promotion called the UWF. Well, before that, because this just has to be put out there, he actually owned a, I believe it was in, was it in New York? It was a chain. There was like 15 it was stores. A, it was a store. It was a store in, I'm trying to look. Nope, it was uh, it was in Los Angeles. Okay. And he started a chain of plus size clothing store, which he called "I'm a Big Girl Now." <laughs> yeah. If this was this year and he put out this store, they would the feminists would have burnt this thing to the ground. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Well, when I. <laughs> I heard about him, and I was when I first read that and seen how he kind of got into the thing. I saw that, and all I thought of was Al Bundy 
making fun of fat women. <laughs> but I'm a big girl now. Oh, yeah. So, proceed. So, he uh, creates this wrestling company called UWF. Gets a lot of 80s wrestling stars. No one really huge, but guys you would re- easily recognize. Uh, gets a TV deal with, with Sports Channel, which, you know, nowadays is... 15 ESPNs, there's, there's 10 Fox Sports. Back in the day, you only had pretty much MSG, Sports Channel, and ESPN that showed sports. Yes. Um, I didn't get Sports Channel growing up, um, but they had a TV deal with, with Sports Channel, and it was just a wrestling company that was just doomed from the start. Like They only drew like 300 fans <laughs> per thing. They got Andre the Giant at one point. For one show, and then he went back to WWF. Um, he loved coke, and he loved hookers. <laughs> and anytime anyone went to his hotel he room, a of yeah, I mean, he, they said there was just a pile of coke on the nightstand and like three hookers in the room every time. <laughs> he loves snorting hookers and banging coke. Yeah, That's how this much he loved this is a one I, I've heard Herb Abrams before. He's one of those guys. If you really, I mean, now you probably can find so much about him, but at the time. You know, years ago, like, you really couldn't find too much about it. Like, I, I knew how he died and stuff and his lifestyle, but I, it, it it never really went in-depth online because there's, again, this is before the internet, so not much is known about him. Um, this thing really kind of dove deep and dove deep into his lifestyle. And basically, um, maybe in, like, 1996, I want to say, or maybe a little earlier than that, Cops get called to his office. He's covered in Vaseline and Coke, chasing around hookers with a baseball bat. <laughs> was it in a hotel? I thought it was his office. I thought it was his hotel. Uh, well, either way, um, they arrest him, and he dies of <laughs> he dies of a heart attack while in custody. Um. Phenomenal episode. You're, you're correct. He was in his office. Okay, it was a phenomenal episode. Uh, I loved it from start to finish because it's not, again, it's, it's it's a B-side. It's not someone you know if you don't really, if you're just a casual wrestling fan. Um, I gave it five stars. Um, I, I mean, this is an episode where, like, talking about it doesn't do it justice. You really got to check out this episode. If you're going to watch one episode... If you're going to watch a few episodes, I'll put it that way. This is one that you really need to watch because it just really covers so much stuff about this guy. And it's really, it, it's got to be seen to believe. The part I liked is the fact that he was an outsider. Right. If you will, even, I, I would almost consider him a casual wrestling fan. Not obsessed, never trained as a wrestler. This is just, he's a businessman. He looks at this like an opportunity, and he goes, "You know what? I'm going after the big guns. I'm the uh, I'm the Hudson Valley Renegades, and I'm going to go take on the Steinbrenners and the Yankees." Yeah. And he did it. Oh yeah. I love the fact that he had a belt that said "Fu" on it. Yeah. Just a big, <laughs> you know, sticking it right there, and he did pick up a lot of talent. I mean, granted, some of them were a little bit over the hill, but if you were going off of name notoriety. He knocked it out of the park. Well, that's why they said he got that sports channel deal because they saw who he had and they're like, oh, we know, we knew, we know some of these guys. Again, they weren't 
they weren't Hulk Hogan's or Macho Man's, but they were guys who wrestled at WrestleMania. So yes. it's they're known guys at the time. Uh, I think Bob Orndorff was there. Yep. Um, a bunch of other people. Ken Patera, I think. Ken, yeah, so a lot of these guys in the 80s who, right from WWF, they were just seen on TV not that long ago. We got them. So, like, they got this TV deal. They did a few pay-per-views that just fucking bombed. Yeah. Um, like brought in ten, like less than ten percent. Yeah, like, like they. I think they. Um, they uh, correct me. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but it was the like MGM Grand. I think it could fit like thousands of people. They had like five hundred people there. <laughs> it was that in the uh, Manatee Arena in Florida, mm-hmm. and they actually had people like up in the up in the bleachers, and then had to bring them down and like redo the entire filming of it. So that it looked full. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, I mean, bringing in Andre the Giant, who was in contract with the WWF, like, he, he was a, he was, he, ballsy. Oh, yeah. This is a, this is a weed dealer who went in and smacked, like, the biggest, like, Scarface, you know, yeah. he was this low-level guy, this nothing, and he just came in and said, you know what, I'm going to do what I want to do, and he did it, and he definitely kind of, you know, he gave the middle finger to Vince McMahon. Yeah, well, the story I, about... I can't, I, there's just, I have to admire the guy just based on that. Oh, yeah, I mean, complete, I mean, this guy was made out of balls. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, just, like, he didn't give a fuck... Again, this is an episode you really gotta watch it to believe it. Like he, they called him Mister Electricity. I think it was his, his nickname was, um, because he was just so wound up, probably from all the coke he did. Yeah, it was, it was definitely from. The you coke. could see him on commentary just going ballistic and making no sense. <laughs> and then actually interjecting himself into the storyline, he he essentially was Mister McMahon before Vince McMahon became Mister McMahon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The other part that I liked is you had this wild eccentric, this this fucking wild man, this insane guy. But then they interview his business partner, his best friend, and you actually see like a guy who watched the you know, a guy who built a building and he built it like on stilts, on a earthquake, you know, uh you know, like where the two rocks meet, mm-hmm. like, and just watched it, and just watched it crumble. And you, you, throughout the episode, you just see this his, his uh, business partner, his heart just breaking through the entire thing. Yeah. And it really, it, I mean, you have the insaneness of him, and then you have like the human side of the other guy, it, it, along with tons of prostitutes and coke. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just it was, it was insane. It was yeah. an insane episode. It really was. Yes. Uh, would, how many stars did you give it? Oh, it was a five star. Yeah, it was a, it was a great episode. I I had to be to work the next day. I stayed up like way way later than what I wanted to just to watch. This. Yeah, it was a really good episode. It, it, it needed to be watched that night. I was like, I'm watching this. Yeah. Uh, next episode, the last ride of the Road Warriors, which is basically about Hawk of the Legion of Doom. Uh, for all you WWF fans. Um, I had no idea this much shit went on 
with them. Um, they really pretty much said that like he was always this crazy guy, but like once he got to WWF, he really kind of went off the rails. They showed a match from SummerSlam '92, and I again I watched that match. I don't even remember like it being that bad, but yeah, you could see him just completely lost in the ring. They said he took uh, he was just so high during the entire match, like he had to be like physically like placed at certain points just not to interfere with people. Yeah, in the ring. Um, uh, insane. He goes to Japan after that, starts a new Legion of Doom tag team without Animal, who was like, I mean, they went together like peanut butter and jelly. Right then, what was that? It was, was it the, the Legion of Doom or was it the Road Well, Warriors? yeah, he went He went and started Road Warriors tag team. I, I, I don't know yeah. why I call it Legion of Doom, but he went with this Japanese guy. They called him Power, War, Power, Power Warrior or something like that. I forget. Yes. Um, they get back together. In the late 90s, for WWF, um, still has an immense amount of problems. Then in like the early 2000s, he finds God and then drops dead of a heart attack. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, another great episode. I like. I mean, obviously they had Animal. This is, I, I listened to a podcast where they kind of interviewed the two guys, the two creators, like every week they kind of interview these guys to talk about the episode, and they said that Animal actually came to them to talk about it, like they didn't have to go looking for him, like he came to them to say, hey listen, you gotta do this about him, like, this is some story. Really? Yeah, so it, it makes you think that maybe, I don't know, maybe Animal's looking for a little exposure, I don't know, but um, uh, I mean, they got so many people to interview in this episode, it, it was really great, they got, um, their manager and his name escapes. Uh, Paul Paul Ellering. Paul, Paul Ellering. Thank you. They got him. Um, basically, I mean, he just was like their like the rock. Like he really like he was a manager like outside of the he ring too. Them. Yeah, he grounded them. Thank you. Um, another great episode. I gave it four and a half stars. Um, yeah. What do you got to say? <laughs> well. <laughs> well. Four and a half as well. I I loved it. I never knew the story of this. Uh, it did show, like it showed early on. You didn't realize how many people came from one high school. Right. Yeah. And how they all kind of got in at the same time. They all became huge. And the fact that I never. I don't remember them too much as the Road Warriors. A little bit at the end, right before they became over, I started watching WCW. But how dominating they were. Oh, yeah. And watching this, like, it really started to make me think. I'm like, you kind of have to, seeing how they just went through the ranks and just destroyed people, you almost have to put them in as one of the top tag teams of all time. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, Legion of Doom was great in... In uh, WWF, but what they did in WCW, like literally just dismantling people. A finisher at the time that you would almost see on like ECW. It was this wasn't a you know a body slam. This wasn't a sleeper hold. This wasn't a leg drop. This was a acrobatic pure power move. Come, not coming from, you know, like, a luchador. This is coming from 
285-pound muscle men. Mm-hmm. Like, I never realized how dominant they were. And the incarnations of them, you know, the moving through the face paint, the, the spiked uh, shoulder pads, never really knowing that they were in Japan as much as they were. The partying. I, excellent episode. Very Loved good. Loved it. And finally, the season finale of season two. Uh, the final days of Own Heart. Uh, Own Heart was part of the uh, famous Heart family. The youngest brother of, uh, I think, six, right? Or 12, or however many there were. <laughs> there was 12 kids. Yeah, there. 12 kids. Thank you. Um, I think there was eight boys. Anyone who knows about Own Heart, great wrestler, he tragically died in the ring at the Over the Edge pay-per-view in May of 1999. Um... They were lowering it from the ceiling to do a, a stunt. The clip broke, or they released him, falls to the ring, pretty much dies instantly or within moments later. Um, this has caused a lot of controversy over the last week with um, the whole thing is his wife, Martha Hart, um, pretty much saying he'll never go into the Hall of Fame. Uh, his even his son is saying like I'll never allow it, so he'll he'll never go into the WWF Hall of Fame. Um, it's actually sparked the lawyers of the WWE to come out with a statement saying you know she kind of did some stuff. She sent faxes to some of the Hart family saying like please you got to side with me here, which I guess is illegal. Um, definitely a, a, a story with. They really kind of took her side in this, and they kind of made WWE out to be monsters because they they let the pay-per-view go when they should have called it. Um, a lot of stuff. Um, it was a fantastic episode. The part that really got me was his widow is going through boxes of uh, files, like police work and stuff, and she kept the clip that he was using, and they... She showed, like, I guess they used, like, this rinky-dink company. Well, it wasn't It wasn't a... What they should have used was a rock climbing clip. Yeah. That when you put it on, you, you, you have to, like, push it in. Like, there's no... It's almost fail-safe because it's pulling from both ends. And you have to push it in and almost lift up and pull it out, mm-hmm. if you will. What he had was... It was a from a sailboat, and it's for quick release. So when the wind picks up, you hit this piece, and then the rope that's on it will shoot off, and the sail will catch the wind. Yeah. So it's something that's very fast reacting with not a lot of uh, psi to, to open it. Where the other one would you would need you, you don't need a lot of psi to open the clip, but you need strength to lift and get over the hook, if you will. Yeah. Um. I think I said I gave it five stars. It was just an excellent episode. Um, what about you? What do you have to say? Oh, boy. <laughs> I like the, the episode and telling the story of it. Mm-hmm. I gave it one star. Really? Hated it. Wow. Uh, they made her out to be like this, and, and again, not taking anything away from her. 
this grieving widow, which I get, I totally understand. But they, this was kind of the first time that I've seen in the show where it was slanted completely one-sided. Yeah, yeah, it was. It really completely was. Completely one-sided. They, you know, they made wrestling to be bad in it. They made the Hart family to be bad in it because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I actually rewatched it um, when I first got home. And, you know, they said that, you know, or I watched it yesterday, excuse me. And they said that, you know, she she tried to persuade the Hart family to agree with her. And don't get me wrong. This was a woman who was married to him. You know, you have that, that love of finding your one true person. But this was a family. And it was not only a family, it was a business. And it was the business that has literally kept the entire family afloat. Stu mm-hmm. Hart came from fucking nothing. He was impoverished as a kid, made his way as a wrestler, trained how many wrestlers in one of the most intense hardcore training facilities, which he did for no money. This was a guy who had his own promotion. His kids were at the top of the wrestling game. And they made it seem like they were a terrible family. You know, like, you won't support me. Alright, you know what, you lost a husband, we lost a brother, we lost a a son, you know, it, I, I did not like it on that aspect. Oh, okay. I, it just, a lot of it bothered me about how, for the most part, I've seen this series go straight down the middle, mm-hmm. this one was totally to one side, and I did not like how they wow. did that. okay. Interesting. And... I wish they got Bret Hart. I wish they got Bret Hart to kind of give his side of it because they, maybe he, maybe they did and he declined. Um, it's probably really hard for him to talk about, but um, yeah. I think that could have definitely given it a different perspective. And you're, you're right; they, it was definitely one side of this episode. I, the one part that actually made it get where it was at the two, instead of being a one, was Jim Ross. Yeah, Jim Ross. A, being loyal to the country, or the, the company, but then also going, you know what? This is human life. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a story world. Everything's a story. And he goes, you know, at the end of the day, this was a husband, a father, a child, a brother, and he's dead now. Mm-hmm. Like, Jim Ross, out of probably every person that spoke throughout the entire series, Jim Ross made it the most real. Yeah. I, I, I loved how he did it. Yeah. And other than uh, Animal from last episode, they, they were, like, those two were coming from the heart. They were like, you know, not only did we lose a brother, we lost the colleague. We lost, you know, and they, they really kind of brought it from this, you know, cartoonish world to being real life and how it affected them. And I thought that he was excellent in it. I... I I agree. Loved how Jim Ross said everything that he said was spot on and perfect. I agree. I agree. But yeah, it just it, to me, I, I didn't like how they they really spun it. Other than Jim Ross kind of being, you know, and he did not side with the company, and he's a company guy. Mm-hmm. You know, even at the end of the day, he's not with WWF now, but he's still a company man. He's he's loyal to business. This is, you know, what forty five years of his life. Yeah. Wife died. This is all he's got now. He stayed true to that. But she, she and the, and the son, like, it, 
when I watched it, and I, I watched it twice actually, hearing the mom talk and then hearing the son talk, it was like she's been brainwashing this kid for his entire life. Yeah, I think so. I get that feeling too. I get that you know? feeling also. And one other thing, his daughter's hot. <laughs> Looks a lot like Owen Hart, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so one to five, what do you rate this season? We're taking cumulative average here? Yeah. Two and a half? Wow, really? Okay. All right, I gave it four. <laughs> There were really high highs, but there were really low lows. Wow, okay. Well, I'm shocked. I thought you'd rate it at least a three and a half, but okay. I was going to go like a 2.75, but I didn't know if we'd want to get really break it down the numbers. <laughs> okay. Like a 2.876341, but... Okay. Yeah, it, it, the, the good episodes were amazing. The bad episodes were terrible. The highs were highs and the lows were lows. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just I. All right. I don't know. I. So all right. So moving. We're I know we're kind of running a little over, but we have some season three predictions. Yes. We don't have to go too in depth with them because we don't want to bore everybody. Um, because I know you have a lot and I have a lot. Um, where is some like you name off a season prediction? I'll name off one. We'll go back and forth. Now, some of these. Are, they were discussed mm-hmm. during other episodes, but they were a very light, you know, like a light, a light shaving of the skin, if you will. Okay. One layer of the onion was taken off. They didn't really dive too deep into it. And I would like to see a little bit more into it. Obviously, she was a major part in it, and one of them would have been, I guess... If, I guess if you could call it the untold story, you know, because she never ever spoke really, mm-hmm. of Miss Elizabeth. Okay. All right. You know, you have this woman that was essentially every kid's fucking dream girl during the 80s. The quintessential valet, and you never really heard from her too much. And then you never think she would be this way, mm-hmm. but like a fucking drug addict. Yeah. And this fucking spiral she went down. I'd like to see them, you know, it, it could almost be like a twofer based off of the original original show. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of see the second half of her life. Okay. All right. We'll do like five each. Okay. Uh, mine is uh, Magnum TA. Uh, I, I've, been re- I've been hearing a lot about this. Magnum TA was a wrestler who, uh, he kind of started in the early 80s. He was in Mid-South. He went to, uh, well, it was Jim Crockett Promotions at the time. He was in line to be, like, the next big thing. This, like, future NWA champion. Like, pretty much Sting spot in the late 80s, early 90s, they say was pretty much going to be Magnum T.A. spot. Like, he had the look. He had the, he could talk. He could wrestle. Um, all went down the drain when he got into a really horrific car accident in 86 and became paralyzed. But they said he yeah. was going to be, like, the top guy to lead Jim Crocker promotion slash WCW slash NWA into the 90s. Yeah, I, 
everyone that I talk or every show that I listen to on the podcast, they all bring him up and like no one really wants to dive deep into the story. So like I've been researching it on my own and, and he that that was definitely one that yeah. You know, that. Yeah. All right. I guess you could say, and this was kind of, well, you had that, like, attitude error. Mm-hmm. I think that this was maybe the most controversial spot of it. The austin Brian Pillman gun incident. Ah, yeah. And who thought of this and why they thought it was a good idea? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, I mean, it's a classic, yeah. Uh, I you, mean, it, it really, like... It almost, to me, jumped the shark. Yeah. You can do a whole episode on Brian Pillman alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The wild man that he was. Yeah. Um, you could do one on either one of these, but I think they should just contain it to one episode, and that is the uh, the British Bulldogs. Okay. Dynamite Kid and Davy Boy Smith. Uh, both of these guys just had uh, just really good careers, but just so much shit gone on with them. Whether with each other or, you know, Dynamite Kid had a back injury that pretty much destroyed his career. Davy Boy Smith was just a complete mess. Yes. Uh, you really could that that could be a two parter if they really want to dive that deep, but I think that'd be better just kind of like one episode, maybe a half hour in each person. Uh, so that's uh, that's my second pick. Okay. I know this one's probably on your list. But I'm going to jump right in on it. Go ahead. The plane ride from hell. Yeah, I had that also, but yeah. Yeah, I, I would just love to... Talk, I, they don't even have to explain the story. I would just like them to interview each person for like 10 minutes and tell their side of the story. Yeah, there's a lot of stories on that plane ride from hell. I would love to hear about that. Yeah, it depends who they get. If they can get people who are actually on the plane, it'd be a really good episode. Oh, yeah, you get... Uh, Michael Hayes, just, yeah. just Michael Hayes alone. Yeah, talking about his hair. Yeah, that would be enough for me. Uh, I had the Rob Feinstein child porn sting. Uh, so Rob Feinstein was a guy. If, if you remember when we went to ECW back in the day, there was always a table set up with tons and tons of VH, VHS tapes. Yeah, he was in charge of RF video, which was tape trading. It had ECW pretty much was like. It's main, um, main uh, thing. When ECW went out of business, Rob Feinstein knew that like, he's like, well, my main revenue isn't coming in, so he created Ring of Honor, which is a, right. a not a, it's not a major promotion really that much these days, but it's still out there. Um, yeah, pretty much what I said. He uh, got busted for child porn. <laughs> really? Yeah, and there was a big downfall. I think he sold Ring of Honor by that point, but, at, I mean, it was a big scandal. So that could be one that's really... Again, if you get the right people talking about it, I think that could be a really good episode. Alright. The story of Chris Adams. I had that guy, too. That is a... This guy has some story, man. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that might be one on there also next season. Yeah, I mean, a psychopath. Yeah. Psychopath, drug addict fucking nut job. Oh, yeah. So. Um, the WWF Ring Boy scandal. 
You ever heard? Okay, this is, again, this is, I don't know if they'll ever touch this because it's, it would open a can of worms. Early 90s. Uh, no, it was uh, early 90s. Pat Patterson and two other guys, I forget their names. Uh, Gar- one of them was Garvin, something, not Jimmy Garvin. Jimmy Garvin. Well, I don't know if it was Jimmy Garvin or not. I think it was Jimmy Garvin. Okay. Now that, you, now that, it, now that you're saying that. Basically, were accused of sexually molesting some of the ring crew guys, like the, the kids yes. that, that kind of worked behind the scenes. Uh, they fired... Pat, they fired the guard. They fired Garvin. They let Pat Patterson go until things yeah. quieted down and hired him back. I mean, this can really cause a lot of shit if they ever talked about it. Uh, yeah, this I, was the Penn State scandal in the WWE. Yeah, look it up. It's even if they don't cover it, look it up. It's definitely worth looking into. Have you ever heard of this? Okay. I dug deep into this when I was going through it, and. Have you ever heard of Hardbody Harrison? Know the name, and I know there's a lot of shit with him. He was a he was in the military. He gets out, he becomes a wrestler. Apparently, he had like, uh, like a a harem of women that he like kept in his basement and used them as like sex slaves. Oh no, shit! Really? Yeah, it was it was like fucked up what he was doing. Wow, that's yeah. insane. Um. So my last one, and I have it as one, and I said I could do one or the other, so I'm kind of picking, and I'm going to say uh, China. Okay. Uh, just, yeah. I mean, there's not much really to say that's not known about. Um, had a great career in W. First woman, and so far only woman, to become Intercontinental Champion. Had a huge substance abuse problems, went into porn, and just... Died tragically. Uh, Again, you get an episode with the right people. It could really be. um, It could really be a good episode. My tie with that was because I said they could either do one or the other. They can't do both in one season, but Sunny. Because she almost had like the same kind of career as China did. Like, had a huge high and then just kind of fell from grace. So. That's. Did you do. You did five, right? I have, I have one more. Okay, go for it. And I can't think of the judge's name right now, but the, as we talked about in the uh, Chris Benoit episode, the lawsuit. Okay. For the CTE. All right. I would like for them to dive into this just to see exactly what the hell happened and why. I mean, you have how many wrestlers with how many... At, probably at this point, ten thousand concussions yeah. have happened in the W. How this judge just dismissed the case? Yeah, it almost seems like it was like a payoff, and I don't think we're ever going to learn about this until all those wrestlers are dead. You know, maybe our grandkids will hear the truth about it, but I would love to know about it now. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's it. That's another one that'll open up a can of worms. If yeah, revealed. And I think that one will go to the. You have guys that have broken, you know, you have magicians that have told secrets on how stuff happened. You've had, you know, guys doing certain things, you know, uh, whistleblowers. This is one I don't think that is ever going to be brought out because I think that that, that that could essentially be a deal breaker because WWE is the biggest promotion out there. Yeah. 
And if they ever let this story be known that there was, say, a payoff or there was any type of corruption, it would destroy. It would destroy the industry. Yeah. So I think that that is gonna that if that story comes out, it will be after we're gone. I that will be in season like 132 <laughs> of Dark Side. Probably. Um, all right. Well, we hope you enjoyed our uh, recap of season one and two. This huge two-parter we did. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Bull in the Ring PC. Instagram, Bull Ring PC. Under Facebook, under Joe Tom, or Bull in the Ring PC. You can uh, get us on Podbean, Podcoin, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Music. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button, rate and review us. Um, watch Dark Side of the Ring. You can go on the Vice TV app and uh, check it out there. I think the, all the episodes are on there. It's a really, really good series if you're interested in wrestling or if you aren't interested in wrestling, you can probably watch not what, not, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> If, if, if you like true crimes or you like uh, documentary, it, it, it's not just, you don't have to be a wrestling fan to like because you will watch it and you're going to go like, it would just be like watching a, a, a mob uh, documentary or a drug cartel documentary. It's like, wow, this business in and of itself is fucked up. Yeah. And there's a lot of stories. Yeah. Of just how fucked up it is. It really is. It really is. All right, well... But it's done... Okay. Other than a certain <laughs> one, it's been done beautifully. really is. It, it's, I, I love wrestling documentaries, and this is by far one of the best ones out there, so... Oh, yeah. All right, well, for Joe... Tom. We'll see you next week right here. On Bulls in the Ring. Train the park camel was a dream to me Cause we had it figured out Simple and not jaded There was a promise of the bride to take But soon it would all 